In this episode of the IA Talks AI, I speak with Mr. Greg Clark, MP, the Chair of the Commons Science, Innovation and Technology Committee. Mr. Clark, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. We really appreciate it. We're here to talk about the, uh, the Science, Innovation and Technology Committee's inquiry into AI governance. And can I just say the timing of this inquiry was absolutely spot on. Uh, the inquiry started in October 2022, and then one month later, ChatGTP happened, and we've all seen the huge interest and excitement that's followed. Uh, so it's a real watershed moment in the history of artificial intelligence. So if I could start by asking you um, if personally you had any idea that this was coming, and then secondly, if what happened with ChatGTP had any bearing on how the committee approached its inquiry. Uh, well, I wish I had that uh, that degree of uh, prescience, but no, they didn't. Um, uh, they didn't tip me off that it was uh, coming. Um, but it has, I think, increased interest. I mean, across the world and in this country, more people than ever are talking about AI, and the questions of how it's governed uh, obviously surge up as well. So it was it was good timing in that uh, respect. We we try our duty as a committee is to try to you know to keep pace with and where we can be ahead of uh, developments in technology so that's why we embarked on it uh, but the interest has, has grown excellent and um, the committee has published an interim report at the end of August are you able to tell us about some of the main findings of the report yes yeah, so um, one of the things that we say in our report in our reports across party, uh, unanimous report of, um, of members. Uh, we say that it's important, given the explosive pace of the development of AI, that the thoughts as to how it is governed uh, need to keep pace, both from a positive point of view, that there are huge opportunities uh, here. Uh, we are one of the countries in the world that has the, the largest number of AI startups, AI companies uh, here. So we want to be able to reap the rewards of that. But there are uh, some, some questions of safety, which the government has recognized in convening this uh, international summit that's gonna take place at the beginning of November. And so what we've said is that uh, we need to uh, decide what we're going to do as a country and, and sometimes uh, as a world uh, in respect of some very important governance challenges, and we set out 12 of them uh, in the report. Are you able to tell us about a couple of those challenges? That you I identified? will. So um, uh, the report is available uh, on, our, on the committee's website, um, uh, and I won't go through all 12, but if I take uh, uh, one uh, or two of them, um, the questions of bias, for example. Um, AI, in, in many ways, AI is not new. It's, it's applying massively increasing computing power to data sets which are increasingly large and, uh, and are capable of being uh, analyzed. Uh, and then from that, uh, making either predictions or suggestions uh, uh, to guide behavior. Now, what, what follows from that is um, that the data on which AI uh, is trained will have a material influence on its outcomes. Now, here we are sitting in Parliament, and over the course of you know, many years, over 100 years, 
uh, we parliamentarians have been ensuring that unfair uh, biases against women, uh, for example, uh, should not be legal. One of the challenges is that the, the data uh, on which AI is trained could embed some of these uh, biases and actually keep them hidden. Uh, an example of that, if you're looking, if an AI is suggesting who might be the right recruits to for a job or for an, an industry, they may draw on the historic patterns uh, of recruitment to and, uh, and work in that industry. And perpetuate those biases. And perpetuate those biases, yeah. uh, which is something that we, as, as all your viewers will, and listeners will know, have taken steps to, to outlaw. Uh, so that's one of them. And so public policy, having battled on these things for years, can't in the face of AI say, well, you know, it is what it is. We have to find ways to prevent that happening. Uh, another thing that um, is obviously of great concern in politics, but in other areas as well, is what we call the misrepresentation uh, challenge, um, which is to say that the technology uh, through AI is, is already developed to an extent that my voice can be sampled and, and my image as well, and can be applied to a script um, that could be saying outrageous things that I would never say, um, but make me sound as if I'm saying them and perhaps even look as if I'm saying them. And obviously in the context of a general election campaign, that could be disastrous. But also in financial services, for example, um, a lot of voice recognition technology is used as a, uh, as a means of security for people's personal financial uh, accounts. That's a big, the, the ability to, as it were, uh, imitate, clone, to fake someone's voice uh, is a big challenge there. So what we call the misrepresentation challenge uh, is important. Uh, and perhaps just to give another example that uh, people in the financial services sector will be familiar with, we call it the, the liability challenge. And it's the question of whether technology, in this case intellectual property that's developed, whether the use of it, uh, whether th those supplying the, uh, the IP, have some responsibility for how it's used by others, uh, whether bought or, or, or licensed. Now, of course, in financial services, this is very well known. KYC, you know, your customer is a very well understood and, uh, and has a huge resource against making sure that if a bank opens a bank account uh, for someone, it's not someone that's going to use it for uh, illegal or nefarious purposes. The question of whether you develop a, uh, an AI uh, model and have any responsibility as to who uses it and for what is a question that we need to know the answer. It's been resolved in one way in financial services. Uh, the question uh, applies to AI. So they are three of the 12 challenges that we say need quickly uh, to, uh, to have a, a, a response uh, on the part of uh, of people in, in government, uh, including in the UK. So turning to regulation, does the committee have a view on um, the government's AI white paper that was published recently and the direction of travel that we now see in the UK versus, for example, the EU with their approach and the EU AI Act and the approach now being taken in the United States? Does the committee have a view on this? Well, it's an interim report, so we've got an interim view, uh, as uh, befits it. Uh, and our interim uh, view, pending hearing other evidence, 
uh, is that the government is right to take an approach that wants to encourage innovation. Now, we're very well placed in this country, as I said earlier, uh, in hosting one of the largest clusters of AI firms uh, in the world. When we get it right, uh, we have a good reputation for, uh, for governance uh, in different areas. Um, and the government's approach of making use of existing regulators, uh, whether they are the FCA in financial services, um, or uh, Ofcom, for example, uh, or in, in the field of medicine and, uh, and health, the MHRA, they have expertise and practice, and working with and through them, uh, we think is the right thing to do. That said, uh, we think there needs to be an acceleration in pace, and there is a danger that even though our approach, we think, has merit, with a general election coming next year, if we don't take powers to make sure regulators have the necessary statutory authority uh, where it's missing, it could be that the EU through the AI Act uh, or various actions by, for example, the US administration, whether they are executive orders uh, or congressional uh, legislation, inadvertently we could lose ground because if we don't take the steps now to legislate, then it won't be until probably the middle of 2025, two years uh, or more from now, and that in uh, in the development of AI is a long time. Uh, So we do think there's an important decision that the government needs to make about taking focused uh, powers. We're not talking about a kind of vast AI bill, but to make sure before this window closes uh, with the general election um, that there are powers taken. And we think that should be done on a cross-party basis uh, wherever possible so that people can have confidence that this way of governing will be uh, maintained whoever wins the election. And I understand that the government has to respond to the interim report, I believe, in October. And I know it's early days, Mm. but has there been any indications so far as to how the report's been received? Yes, we've been pleased. I've been pleased and my colleagues have been pleased with the reception of the report. I think it is regarded... um, uh, as I think it should be, as a, as a serious, non-partisan contribution to how we should govern AI. We took evidence from a lot of distinguished people. Um, the government uh, are reflecting on it uh, and welcomed its publication. It was notable, given that I think this should be cross-party, um, that the official opposition, the Labour Party, uh, welcomed it and said that it would shape their policy thinking on AI. So that's exactly what we thought and what we hoped. Um, We've been pleased that that commentators uh, have recognised that the the 12 challenges that we've set out and the approach seems to to get it right, uh, as it were. So I hope it will be influential and that part of the point of the timing, given the government has to respond to its own white paper in the autumn, is that this can shape that response and also shape the summit that is going to take place in Bletchley Park at the beginning of November. And finally, if I could just ask you about the inquiry's next steps. Um, What's happening? Are there any plans to engage the sector regulators? I know the Investment Association members are very interested in what the FCA does. Is there anything you can tell us about that? Uh, Absolutely. So um, I've said that our conclusions are interim conclusions. Uh, The committee is going to 
to meet our counterparts in, in Washington, D.C., to understand their approach to regulation. We've taken evidence from, uh, from other regulatory jurisdictions. Uh, and we have a session of the committee that will take place in October with the four principal regulatory authorities um, that are in the front line, including uh, the Financial Conduct Authority, uh, but also, for example, Information Commissioner's uh, Office, the Competition and Markets uh, Authority and Ofcom. Uh, so that'll be a public evidence session in which we'll be questioning them on their readiness and their proposed approach. Uh, I've already met as chair of the, the committee with Michele Ratti, who runs, as you know, the, uh, the FCA, uh, and uh, Mr Ratti gave uh, quite a significant speech uh, on the FCA, FCA's approach to AI earlier in the summer, and obviously we, we reflect on that in our final conclusions. Okay, well, thank you very much, Ms. Clark, for your time. We wish you well with the rest of the inquiry, and we look forward to the final report in due course. Thank you very much indeed.